as promised, in this episode, I'm going to talk about choral counting, which is another excellent number sense routine, especially for trickier number sequences when kids are counting and pulling out patterns in our number system. And if there's one episode where you're going to actually click from the show notes, it would be this one to go check out the blog post or the video because you'll see what I'm talking about. I have some pictures of what a completed choral count might look like and give you some ideas about how to make it work in your classroom. Hello and welcome to Making Number Sense Make Sense, a podcast for elementary teachers, specifically early elementary teachers, looking to really make an impact in the number sense of their students. Last week, I talked about rote counting and things that you can do to make rote, count- rote counting a little more exciting um, in your classroom. And one of the things that I really like to include is a choral count for trickier number sequences, or if they're having a lot of trouble specifically writing numbers and getting um, the order of the numbers mixed up, like if they're trying to write 15, writing a 51. Choral counting is a great way to really draw attention to that and help them make sense of why the numbers have that order. Last year, I got rid of most of the stuff on my walls. Well, number one, because they were it was hard to put up because I had whiteboards all over my room. I also wanted the whiteboards available when we did building thinking classroom style tasks. And I have a bunch of episodes about that that you can go check out. And it's a really, really great framework for problem solving in kindergarten. But coming back to choral counting. So the only thing that I actually left up all year, like I used to have the calendar up all year, that kind of thing, my math station chart, all that kind of stuff. I used to have it in pocket charts up all year. But this year I got rid of all of that, went digital for calendar, went digital for math stations. But what I did not go digital with was a hundreds chart. The hundreds chart stayed up all year year because it's such a valuable tool and when I first started teaching I don't think I realized how valuable that tool was. Now the hundreds chart that I used was actually like in rainbow order because my students my team really enjoyed rainbows so it was a rainbow order and I feel like that's another reason the kids liked it because it was a rainbow and if you were spent any time around kindergartners you know that they love rainbows but one day I don't know why I asked the kids like what do you notice about the hundreds chart and do you have any questions about the hundreds chart and it sparked really interesting discussions around the hundreds chart. Kids were asking me why certain numbers repeat or why this group has ones in front and why the next line has a two in front of each number and why the numbers change and why there's zeros. Like they had really been paying more attention to the hundreds chart than I realized and I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that they were paying that much attention because, you know, sometimes you're like, I just don't think that they listen to me at all, but they listen more than you think and they're paying attention to the most interesting things. So that's when choral counting came in because some kids were noticing that patterns ended up that way, but didn't really know why. And some kids just had no idea. So a choral count is like it sounds when you're counting together chorally, but only in a specific range. So you might start at the number eight and go to the number 20 together. So instead of just counting like eight, nine, 10, 11, what you're doing as the teacher is you're writing down the numbers that you're saying. So you'd remind your students like, don't count too fast because I have to actually write down the numbers that we're saying. So when you say eight, you write down the eight, nine, 10, and then go to 20. And from there, you'll ask the kids, okay, We're looking at these numbers, what do you notice about them? So before you even start counting, you'll be like, okay, 
we're going to start at eight. I want you to think about what the next number is so that everybody can join in in the choral count. So if we're working with eight, so go eight, nine, ten, and then stop at 20. And from there, just give all of the kids some think time to look at the numbers that you said, the numbers that you wrote down, and have them tell you what you noticed. When you're recording your choral count, so you've written the numbers out, and then whatever the kids are calling attention to, highlight those. So I often like to use a different color. So if a student tells me that they notice that there's a repetition of twos, like look, there's a two there, two there, two there, I might circle all of the twos in one color and then write on the side, like so-and-so said that they noticed a lot of twos and then go on to the next one. I was like, what else do you notice? Someone else say they might notice that there is a lot of ones in the teens, like all of those numbers start with one. So from there, I might circle all of the ones in a different color and write, student X said that they noticed a lot of ones and then move on to the next person. So the different colors kind of help the kids visually differentiate between the things that their classmates are saying and also helps the kids feel like, oh, I made a contribution. If you're writing down what they said in their words to encourage more participation, also for them to be like, oh, I did notice something different or they had a connection with another student. They're like, oh, you noticed the twos and I noticed the twos too. So recording it colorfully and what the kids say can really bring some authenticity and meaning to the choral count. With a choral count, you could just write the numbers horizontally, but you might also try and write them vertically if you're wanting to pull something different from the numbers. So if I started at eight and I went to 20 and I wrote it horizontally, they might start to notice that in eight, there's an eight, but there's also an eight in 18. They might notice there's a nine in nine and also in 19. They might notice that 10 and 20 both have a zero. If they're looking right at the end there, they might not see necessarily something in the middle from the 11 to 18, they might not see anything. But if I went vertical instead of horizontal, so I started at eight and then nine and then went to 10 from the top and then 11, 12, 13, all the way to 20, then they might see that all of the numbers this way vertically, the first number is always a one and the second number counts up. And they might say, oh, I see two twos. I see a lot of ones. I see this, I see that. And looking at numbers that way, like kind of it, like a microscope on a certain number range can really help pull out those noticings that you want kids to have. And then they might see, oh, this pattern can be extrapolated. Or if I ask them, what do you think the next number might be? What is it going to look like? They can think about the pattern that they saw and then move from there. So if I stopped at 20 and I was like, okay, what do you think 21 would look like? So if they're thinking about it that way, they might be, hmm, well, if the 20 is a two and a zero and I'm looking at 21, I know that the number has to start with a two because that's the decade we're in. And if it's 21, the one comes next. Or you might ask, what does 25 look like? Skipping some numbers and they could use the same strategy. Well, it has to start with a two. And if I'm looking across this way, there are fives there. So then they can pull out the next number and realize that the number sequence is actually a pattern that can help them when they have to rote count or when they have to figure out how to write a number, think about what the other numbers around it look like. Planning a choral count can be a little bit more time consuming than planning for a quick image or planning for which one doesn't belong. This one can take a little more time just because you need to really consider what it is you want to focus on when you're planning a choral count. So 
you want to decide if you want it to be actually written like on chart paper or, or on a whiteboard or if you want it to be digital what you want to call attention to the direction of your numbers are you writing top to bottom are you writing left to right and the range of numbers that you're using so a planning sheet for something like that could be helpful I'll have one linked down below you're also going to want to think about what you're going to count so what is the number order that you're going to be working on are you going to be focusing on skip counting you can change the way that things are oriented to highlight certain numbers and skip counting you might want to highlight crossing over a decade if that's tricky or teen numbers like I used in my example. And if you're working with first grade, second grade, you might want to highlight the difference between two digit numbers and three digit numbers. So you might start at 95 and go to 115 and then focus in on what looks different about those numbers, like beyond the obvious two digits and three digits, but also kind of think about, wow, the number sequence, even though I'm writing 115 instead of 15, the number sequence is still similar. What's changing is the number in front, which is the 100. So you can really bring in discussions about place value that way, but that the number sequence is still a pattern and the pattern continues throughout all of the decades, all of the centuries, I guess, and beyond 100. So if you're starting from 995 and go to 1015 so that kids can see the difference between what a three-digit number looks like, four-digit number looks like, and really focus on that because students don't really have as much opportunity to see four-digit numbers, five-digit numbers written out. So a choral count can really help kids hone in on what they look like and start to make the connection between number patterns from the simple hunters chart to what it looks like in the thousands, to what it looks like in the 10,000s and beyond. So again, please let me know if there's anything else you'd like to know about choral counting. Like I said, I'll have the link to the blog post, some um, resources that you might like to look at down below that you can click on and let me know if you have any questions.